1: And this week, I'm very happy to have my friend and guest, Bart Schutz from Online Dialogue. He's one of the founders of Online Dialogue and one of our top-rated speakers at past Conversion Conference events. Uh, Welcome, Bart.
2: Thank you so much, Tim. It's It's a blast being here. Thanks for the invite.
1: Yeah, so uh, I had the distinction of keynoting at your five-year anniversary event in a castle in, in Holland. Uh, but for those of you that aren't familiar with online dialogue, uh, can you give us a quick capsule summary of what you guys do?
2: So we're in the CRO business, and basically what we do is uh, we, we apply science and mostly data science, and, uh, and my expertise is applying psychology. So we we apply psychological insights in in the brain how our especially our subconsciousness is uh, is persuaded is influenced and we apply that to our uh, ab testing.
1: Okay so basically you're you're a cro agency but with a very strong focus on neuromarketing. Would that be exactly. a fair statement? Okay. okay. Oh terrific. Uh well um let's let's talk a little bit about neuromarketing because I've been talking about this for a while. You've seen some of my keynotes on the subject. I think that people are focused on the shiny new objects. They're focused on the technology and not the basics of how our brain works. Would you agree with that?
2: I would totally agree on that, Tim. Definitely, yeah. And there's one thing everyone keeps forgetting. And I know it's hard, but we, aren't, we are not rational, consciously thinking beings. At least our behavior is not controlled by it. And... I can't stress that enough. That's that's the first thing as a marketeer or, or salesman. If you're busy in in the online marketing world, is what that's the first thing you should focus on. Okay, so okay.
1: basically, you know that. Well, there's two things. One is like, don't focus on the technology. Focus on the biology, because the brain hasn't really evolved in over fifty thousand years, right? At exactly. all, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, but then I hear you saying another thing, which is. That most of our decisions aren't rational; they're subconscious or preconscious, or however you want to call it, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, tell us more about that.
2: Well, uh, basically, I think I think ninety ninety five percent of the the B tests that we run here are totally counterintuitive. Our, even our clients who work with us for a long time still say, like, "Oh, you, you can mean you, you can't be honest, honestly testing this." I can't believe
1: that would work. You, you, only an idiot would do that, right? That yeah, kind of exactly. Yeah.
2: We're testing pop-ups and we're testing well, and anything that's not rationally, you know, it's not a rational reason to it. But um, we we find that it's, there are very few markets where people actually make rational decisions. Where well, mm-hmm. I'm thinking, for example, if if you're in this uh, saving accounts business and you have a very simple saving product. People might actually make a rational decision based on your interest rate or so. Right, whatever it was, it paying markets, the
1: highest interest rate, yeah. that's easy. You just go to one number and you see which one's higher and you compare them, right?
2: Yeah, and even then uh, the larger part of the decision is made subconsciously because why are we all uh, having saving accounts at our normal bank with, with a very low interest rate? That's not a rational decision, right? But you, you could argue that there's at least there's part uh, part of the decision there is is, is rational based on logic and, and conscious thinking. All the other markets are dominated by our uh, our super preconsciousness ruling our brain, but we're not aware of it. And that's what makes it so hard to keep remembering that we should not be testing at the irrational things.
1: Yeah. So we were basically all thinking we're rational, but underneath it all, we're making irrational decisions and can be easily swayed. So let's talk about kind of the biases that are built into this unconscious uh, part of the decision-making process. What are things that can easily sway us?
2: whoa well and i'm starting with uh how to attract attention
1: okay let's start with attention sure you have yeah. to be aware that something is possible before you can act on it so how do we yeah, yeah. manipulate attention let's yeah it.
2: well i wouldn't call it aware though but we, we we direct attention i'm not saying that you're getting aware of of what it, what you're perceiving uh, visually or maybe a little bit uh, auditory but mainly visually online and um, and there's there's all visual cues are so much uh, influencing our behavior, changing our behavior, that even if we're doing a lot of tests with using the uh, a text block, just a piece of content, and shape it in right. the form of an arrow, just pointing to where we want people to look. Okay, so and, you uh, arrange
1: the word shapes to kind of yeah. create a shape.
2: Yeah, so if I want okay. to look them down, I'll probably send to the text to make it a arrow pointing down if i want to, to have them look to the right side i make the text
1: i've justified yep i get it yeah
2: yeah so i'm not even using the the, the usual arrows or or gaze skewing where people are looking at where where you want them to look at or or, or fingers pointing there it can even be with the more subconscious cues like uh, the form of the text
1: this the form so, of the, the outline of the text well talk about gaze skewing for a second i don't think most yeah. people are familiar with that phrase tell us what you mean by that
2: So, our subconsciousness um, is very interested in others. So, what we usually do is that if there's a face on the website, we take it off because people tend to stare at the face and in a real-life situation, that's very good for a salesperson to look at the other person because they'll pay more attention to a story, but Online, the story is not in the face. It's in the content, which is beside the face. Right, so before the information was being transmitted
1: by gestures and talking and storytelling. So if someone looks at you, you're going to look back at them. But on a website, unless you want them to watch a video, that's a really, you know, putting people's faces looking right back at you is a bad idea, generally. It's a bad
2: idea, yeah. Usually it's a very bad idea. So if there's a face, at least then we Photoshop the eyes in such a way that they they look at the content or the call to action, wherever we want to look them at. Yeah, or put somebody's
1: head in profile and make them look at whatever yeah. you want to look at.
2: If, that, so, if that's if that's uh, in your in your media stock. Uh, okay, but so what you're saying is that
1: we're social creatures and we look at cues from other people. So if someone's looking in a certain direction, there might be something novel or interesting or dangerous, good or bad, whatever, in that direction. So we tend to follow the gaze of others around us and see what they're looking at.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's we tend, we're totally idea. preconditioned to do that. Exactly. Okay.
1: All right. So we can manipulate visual attention by faces looking at other things on the screen, by the shape of text, of course, by arrows. What about uh, where do you fall on uh, animation and motion
2: and things like that? Uh, Animation is also uh, in in the attention and perception part of the brain. uh, We are preconditioned to look at anything that moves. So if if you want to attract attention it's good to make so- something moving if if you want them to be constantly looking at your sliding image on top then make it sliding and moving but you probably don't want them to constantly look there you want them to look at the content either in the navigation or in a, or below the sliding image then you should never ever have a sliding or anything Okay so, in the
1: so and I've I've been very strong and vocal about this so get rid You've of your stupid
2: this myth already yeah, a long time I mean, ago
1: yeah, big, get rid of your stupid rotating banner slider, okay? It's it's an awful waste of attention. And what's worse these days is those moving video backgrounds, the parallax videos. It's not even the content on the page. It's just some stupid video loop playing in the background and distracting you.
2: Yeah, exactly. Realize that we are looking at it and we cannot not look at it. So if someone is trying to read a text and he wants to be, you know, he's consciously goal-directed, maybe somebody you, you paid in... Google AdWords to get him there, and, and he's, his goal is to buy your product, you are constantly det- uh, distracting him. And then we get to another aspect of our, uh, our uh, subconsciousness and our, and our consciousness. Our consciousness has so little mental energy, it is depleting so quickly. This is like in, in a matter of a few seconds, you can deplete consciousness. And okay, let's, no let, let's talk about
1: that after we come back from our, our first break. But I just want to yeah. just close out on just another aspect of the visual. So again, I think that uh, the final word on motion and animation, unless you're using it to illustrate a very complicated concept, like a how-to video or an animation of a 3D rotating object or whatever you need to explain, don't use motion on your page unless it's to draw attention to the call to action explicitly is that a yeah, fair statement exactly. if
2: you want to if you want to hit it re- very flat i do advise it for for example like banners because you're on, on another platform you do want to get the attention so make it move and but okay good point so, site, so, if, so if,
1: you, if you're running banners on other people's websites and they're coming yeah. enough to let you put a banner there use animation or motion to draw attention I to your use banner. animation yeah absolutely every time okay so that's different but on your own site once you've got them there Cut it out. Stop trying to distract them, right? There we are. All right. Well, we'll come back in a couple of minutes and we'll talk about attention deficit disorder, but not the way most people think of it.
0: (laughs) More LPO landing page optimization in just a moment
3: 30620 or visit internetmarketinginc.com winning leadership excellence and results as well as an a rating by the better business bureau for reach engagement and conversion it's all-inclusive marketing reserve a free consultation today at all inclusive com slash radio Plus, build more buzz for your brand with our social media marketing strategy. Discover all that the Internet Marketing Ninjas can do for you. Visit the online dojo now at InternetMarketingNinjas.com.
0: Welcome back to LPO, Landing Page Optimization, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's Tim Ash.
1: And we're back. This is your host, Tim Ash, with LPO, Landing Page Optimization. And my guest this week is Bart Schutz, the founder of Online Dialogue in, in the beautiful city of Utrecht, Holland. Hope I said that right and didn't butcher it. Uh, Bart, uh, we were talking about how quickly the conscious mind gets pooped out and tired. Tell us more about that.
2: Uh, I can tell you about the scientific studies, which I really love, uh, in, into ego depletion. For example, there's a study among uh, Israeli judges, and they make parole decisions, and they make a hell of a lot of them. So there, there are so many uh, that you can plot them on a, a daytime schedule, and what they found is that if you want to be allowed to go on parole, uh, you should make sure that you're the first one in, in the morning because it's a it's a dangerous decision. They really have to consciously think about the the, the, the dangers of of letting you on uh, on parole, um, and then you have a seventy percent chance of, of uh, being granted the uh, uh, the on parole decision, but as soon as the 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 hours of the day start sticking. It drops tr- dramatically to almost like twenty or ten percent. It gets up when they have had lunch, but then it <laughs> drops again. And this is okay. just their their consciousness depleting. We find the same thing on websites, and especially now that mobile is getting so big. And on mobile we have so much uh, uh, distraction, just uh, you know, around the screen. We we here in Holland we we bike a lot, right? Mm-hmm. We, we also yes, use a mobile i think you
1: have like three times as many bikes as cars
2: as i understand exactly it. exactly and what do we do on the on the bike we we use uh, uh we're, we're browsing we're using the web we're checking our email we're answering facebook <laughs> and,
1: and these guys are crazy bike drivers they don't stop for pedestrians and now you know
2: why <laughs> because we're yeah. more into too busy our texting yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah don't bike and text no. but there's. My point is that there's so much distraction going on. Uh, if, if you're on, a, on, on your laptop or desktop device, it's it's, it's already distracting. You know John Eggman's video, I love that one, where he, he shows, like, I'm using my, my, my laptop, but there's a whole family screaming around me, making all these noises. There's a lot of distraction already. On mobile, that's, it's That's the real more. world. Yeah, that's, yeah, the, that's world. the real world. Don't think about your user as someone who's paying dedicated attention to your website. Well, it's I always so- like to say
1: that the, all your users can be summed up by saying that they're lazy, stupid, and don't care. And if you just think of them that way, you, you design better websites. Ah, uh, Exactly,
2: exactly, yeah.
1: So Okay, so let's, let's talk about this attention depletion. So what you said is so Israeli judges, when they're considering parole decisions, will grant parole a much higher percentage of the time in the morning. And by evening, their attention is depleted. And the end of the workday, you're not very likely to get paroled at all. Uh-
2: 0% so, chance in the evening, where you have wow. 70% in the morning. Wow, that's so a huge swing. And, and, and they're life. trying to
1: be rational, and they're trying to make good decisions. I'm sure they're yeah. very well-intentioned, intelligent people, but that's your point. There's
2: you just... just no mental energy left. Okay, so,
1: right, so, so in some situations, you want to deplete energy of your web visitors. In other situations, you want their full attention. Tell me when uh, those are, each of those is, is appropriate.
2: Now we're, now we're really getting to the crux of, uh, at least in my opinion as a psychologist, as a consumer psychologist of, of online marketing. The question is like when you know that there are these two systems in your brain, the one which is the conscious and the rational part and the other one which is the preconscious pre-conscious and, and, and emotionally intuitive automated part, which one is in favor of you? Are you having rationally the best offer that they can get do you want them to compare rationally, based on logic and rules and reasoning, uh, with with competitors? Then you should make sure you do not deplete their uh, rationality, their their conscious thinking. But if you want to uh, uh, persuade them more on the emotional level, like you do not have the best price and and uh, the best quality, then you should deplete them. So you should add, you know a little friction to your website. We love adding, for example, pop-ups to websites just to make people think about it. We love to add uh, small links to call to actions. Why? Not because we want uh, them to click the other option, but we want them to think about the option so their rational conscious thinking gets depleted and then their subconscious gets more uh, dominating and just buys the product.
1: Okay, well, so so basically you can skew it towards the outcome you want. Sometimes you want to kind of deplete them. I mean, I, I know that we make poor decisions when our conscious mind is tired and depleted. That's why, if you yeah. ever go to a timeshare presentation, first they talk to you for two hours and then they yeah. say, Do you want to buy the timeshare? Because by then you'll be making really poor decisions, right? Yeah. It's yeah. Yeah. the same yeah. idea why the casino gives you free drinks and uh and uh you know kind of tries to keep you there as long as possible because your actual decisions will get worse as time goes by
2: right Uh, alcohol kills rationality yeah
1: yeah well not just the alcohol but also just the amount of time at the gaming tables exactly
2: yeah yeah now why is everything so distracting it's also because you are more you're, you're you're less able to think rationally all the blinking all the that's that's on purpose
1: yeah, so to to kind of break up your attention and uh, not give you the ability to focus or make good risk, uh, you know, mathematical That's calculations. It. That's it. Basically overstimulate the hell out of you and distract you. Uh, by the way, we work with some casino websites, and for some odd reason, they think their website should be like that too. Everything blinks and moves <laughs> and uses really crazy colors. Uh, all right, well, so, um, you basically, so let, let's talk about for a minute the – ethics of this because I hear some people Mm. probably saying, well, you're just kind of manipulate me or in the famous uh, headline of one of uh, Seth Godin's book, all marketers are liars.
2: Yeah. Well, the inconvenient truth is that all our brains are liars because and that makes it so hard to bring the message across. But We all have a conscious aware part of our brain, which is the rational thinking conscious part, right? And this part is telling us that there are reasons why, we, why we're buying and why we're making decisions and choices. But these are not the real reasons. Most of them are what we call post, post-decision rationalized. So I would say like all our brains, including mine, is a lying brain. It's not only lazy and quickly depleted and its attention gets drawn very quickly. It's also just plain lying just to comfort me that I'm a rational being that makes, you know, reasonable choices.
1: Okay, well, so let me just kind of um, say that in another way, or actually somebody said it much better than me. I forget if we talked about how to attribute this quote, but someone said that man is not a rational animal, man is a rationalizing yeah, animal. Yeah, in yeah. other and words, we book- come up with, uh, you know, after the fact, meaning-making for subconscious decisions that we don't even know why we made. Exactly. Uh, Keith
2: Keith Stanovich calls us uh, human beings are meaning makers. And um, uh, you corrected me very correctly that the quote is often uh, uh, attributed to uh, 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 Festinger with this cognitive distance theory. But it's actually Robert Heinlein, the science fiction writer, who, uh, who said that. We're no rational beings. We are res- rationalizing. Yeah,
1: and, and that's really important uh, because, um, you know, if you're doing anything like surveys, especially anything where people have to verbalize instead of just act in the moment the way they normally would. So if you say, uh, how would you rate our product or would you recommend our service and tell us why you would do that. I mean, people will put all kinds of stuff on those surveys, but they're not, uh, that stuff is notoriously wrong. So if you're planning to launch a product and you want some quote-unquote objective market research, that's probably not gonna be very accurate, isn't it?
2: No, no. And that's the cool thing about A B testing, that you're actually, you know, you're testing what influences real behavior. And you, you forget about the whole decision part in the brain.
1: And and so being rationalizing animals, before we go to our next break, I just want to touch on this. We have to fight really, really hard to – I mean, every time somebody talks about landing page testing, they're always talking about, well, our test wasn't a success, but we got a learning out of it. And then they attach some kind of meaning to why the test turned out the way it did. But. Uh, we have to be really, really careful not to read anything into the results. Just say, we tested different versions. This one did better than these others. That's it. That's pretty that's much it. all you know. You don't know why. Com- you don't know the
2: why. 90% of the learnings that we see that people say, I know we learned this and that, I say it's bullshit. It's absolutely just not true. It's not, it's not tested validly. It's not, it's not retested. It's not reverse tested. There's a, there's a whole, that's a whole different ball game to get real, real learnings out of your testing.
1: Yeah, that's right. So your goal, to, to put it in another way, shouldn't be getting learnings. Your goal should be improving your conversion rates.
2: Yeah, well, we're actually growing a company, aren't we? That's, that's, that's the right. whole goal. So
1: marketing is, is, an, is an applied um, profession. It's not some theoretical you know, uh, academic profession. Our goal as marketers is to make more money for our companies. And, and these purported learnings, I think, are uh, usually just, like you say, complete bullshit and made-up stuff.
2: Yeah, exactly. And that gets us back to the ethics because are we truly just making money? Are we truly just trying to separate those people from their, you know, those customers from their money? If you, there are a lot of people who can't really answer that question. And, and the thing with, with, with at least my opinion about the ethics is that, yes, I am trying to persuade people's subconsciousness. They're not aware of what I'm doing. But, hey, this is what we're doing all of us, all of the time. We're just not aware of it.
1: Okay, so it's a, it's, it's a fine line, but you're okay on where, which side of it you're on. All well, right, well, we'll be back yeah. after our, our break in two minutes, and we're going to explore a, a passion that, that Bart and I share, which is being car guys. Or wait, is it getting <laughs> kicked, kicked out by our wives and told to go to the barn? It's one or the other. We'll be back in two minutes.
2: Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs.
3: Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now.
0: Welcome back to LPO, Landing Page Optimization, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's Tim Ash.
1: And we're back. This is your host, Tim Ash, with LPO, Landing Page Optimization. My guest this week is my friend Bart Schütz, the co-founder of Online Dialogue in Holland. Uh, and Bart, we were just talking about your love of cars. I understand you have a barn full of cars. Tell me about I, that.
2: Well, yeah. Or, or maybe I should say parts of cars because they're definitely <laughs> not all roadworthy. <laughs> so not
1: all of them are in running
2: condition. Actually, because uh, I live just outside Amsterdam, right? I, uh, I'm, I I come from Amsterdam, born and raised. Uh, but I was looking for a house with a huge barn for all my cars. Yeah, I have, I have at least seven classic cars and a couple—I think four new cars. Okay,
1: well, tell us about your cars. Just go reel them off really
2: quick. Well, what my cars are. So I think the oldest one is a Citroen Traction Avant. I Don't know whether how do you call it in in, uh, in the states, but it's 1949. Uh, Front-wheel drive, monocoque uh, structure, which is, was all, by then, you know, it was invented in the 30s. Very, very uh, advanced technology. And that, that's what I like about the cars uh, uh, the most. You know, they're very outdated, but they used to be, back then, very advanced. Um, and basically, what I do with them is I, <laughs> I tear them all apart, restore every part of it, and make them um, well, as they used to be, um, as new. And that that gives me so much uh peace of mind. I have so many things at the office and uh, with all the speaking gigs uh, uh this is my way just to be working with my hands and not just with my head calms me down and uh, that's why my wife loves to kick me out of the house when I'm getting a little bit nervy and says like yeah, you're not allowed to be back before you're calmed down. go to your before, barn and- yeah
1: before you've rebuilt that carburetor come yeah, back." <laughs> no, I know what you mean. There's a certain satisfaction of, of working with your hands and just completely being a physical being that uh, is not yeah. to be underrated. Whether it's just puttering around in your garden or just uh, hiking, playing golf, fixing cars, all of that's the same <laughs> thing. Uh, like uh, you know, one of my
2: Zen in the art of motor maintenance. Exactly.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, one of my uh, I'll I'll take credit for this. I don't think I've ever heard anybody else say this, but I have a saying called "Be somebody." Uh, in other words you will know, be in your body. Yeah. Don't don't yeah. forget your body. It's not just exactly. it's not just a support system for carrying your brain around.
2: No. No. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, the well, brain is in your body, right? In your or body as nerves. well. It's very effective. your brain as well. There's no difference.
1: Exactly. Yeah. All right. So so that kind of comes nice full circle to, you know, the neuromarketing uh and so I just want to ask you some so some quick tips if people are going what kind of um ideas or principles or strategies uh should people uh try as they're trying to improve conversion rates you know that are based on on neuromarketing so give us three or four quick tips uh
2: so when, when i'm looking at attention i think i gave some tips you know any any visual cue draws their attention and what i love to do with uh, clients is like what is their most persuasive content is it imagery is it is it text and we can just Add arrows or other visual cues to, to make people look at certain parts of the page, and then we find out what is the most persuasive part of the page and we can use that in all the rest of our marketing even even at the call center and, uh, and, and other channels uh, The second thing would be, and I think that's one of the one of the really neglected ones is that we're trying to convert people in the same session or in the same visit but very often more often than not we're dependent on them revisiting you know they're, they're they're checking others and they have to get back so we're depending dependent on their memory memory is all about what we call the peak end rule uh, the whole experience of visiting your website or using your app or visiting your social profiles is is about the peak and the end and the best way to make them uh, remember you is to combine that Make the ending of that session the best one. Even when you buy a product, we, we like to... Conversion rates is all about more thank you page.aspx You know, how many times is the thank you page shown? Mm-hmm. That's actually the page to start testing how they, how they can better re- remember you. Make it a blast that page. Okay, so
1: so there's so, so, you know the way that we talked about this this is also from psychology, so I'm not telling you anything new, but just to kind of translate for our audience, mm-hmm. if you're trying to remember a list it's been shown that the items at the beginning of the list and at the end of the list will be most memorable, and the ones in the middle of the list are the most easily forgotten it's also called the recency effect uh, you know because that's the, the last number you saw is due to the recency effect right and then there's yeah. the uh, the saliency effect or I think that's what it's called, or they the first Prim- number you
2: see.
1: primacy, yeah, Pri- yeah, primacy and recency, right? And and so basically,
2: the serial positioning effect, yeah, yeah. Pe- so the, the, the basic the controls- idea is, is the, sorry. the serial positioning effect is, is actually more about lists. List. Mm-hmm. You're, you're saying that correctly, but I'm more talking about how do they remember the experience of having a, an, an, an interaction with you? I really the like emotional the emotional
1: experience. Uh, so basically, yeah. you you want to have a high, imp- a good first impression and a good last impression exactly exactly yeah first
2: impression is very important as well yeah yeah that totally sets the uh, the whole frame
1: well i'm afraid that we're out of time i know we could keep talking for (laughs) hours i hope to have you back on the show at some point in the future but i want to thank you again my friend for being on the show and we will see you at conversion conference in las vegas
2: i'm very much looking forward to that tim it's going to be the best conversion show ever i'm i'm totally sure
1: And I know that it's already uh, after work for you in in the Netherlands. So uh, go and uh, have a nice uh, cold beer. Enjoy your afternoon. I will, Tim. And And, loyal uh, listeners, we'll see you on the flip side. Sorry, we'll go one more time. And I'll say cheers, Tim. Oh, well, thanks very much, Bart. And loyal listeners, we'll see you on the flip side.